is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Twilight Highlight Zone. I'm your host, Ben Hanson, joined by who? Jeff Cork. New what? Wait, what are we doing here? My God, we're traveling back in time. Uh, this is the Twilight Highlight Zone. It's a podcast where we covered every episode of the Twilight Zone, the original run. This is a bonus episode, which yeah. is a little bit out of the blue, but uh, you can thank a guy named Brandon Cruz for getting this rolling. Mm-hmm. So he hosts another Twilight Zone podcast called Submitted for Your Approval. Um, and he asked us to be a guest on it and asked us to cover any episode we wanted. And we said, we demand to cover a most unusual camera. Give it to us now. And someone else was lined up to it to do that. Right. And we said, we'll walk <laughs> if we don't get to do a, a most unusual camera. Because I've got a lot of things to say about Clarence and Paula. Yeah. And that other guy. ABC. Always waiter. be camera, baby. Absolutely. So this is a weird thing. But Brandon posted his own version of this episode uh, under his podcast, which you can find on iTunes. It's called Submitted for Your Approval. It's probably a much better name than Twilight Highlight Zone. I doubt it. Um, But we're going to post it in this feed as well, just in case there's any old timers that liked our Twilight Zone podcast. They want a new episode and a deep dive into some random season two episode. Yeah, because he does like an entire episode dedicated to one episode. Sounds a little redundant. It really does, but that's just fine. But without further ado, here is Brandon and a deep dive into a most unusual camera. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. And with me today are guests. Yes, that's right. Guests today are two talented gentlemen. They are the hosts of A Fire Inside Out, a podcast where they explore and analyze every AFI album the band has ever released. Additionally, in many ways, these two gentlemen are far more qualified to host this show than I am because they've essentially already been there done that bought a t-shirt I, I don't know if they bought a t-shirt but but that's right with me here today i add to the twilight zone podcast posse guest list the host of the twilight highlight zone mr ben hansen and jeff cork hello, hello. hey it's us thanks for having us brandon oh my god no thank you thank you so much for coming on the show and and taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out with the peons like me please we're always happy <sighs> to talk about twilight zone although preface in the very beginning of this podcast we have not talked about twilight zone for years and years even amongst each other as friends uh the last episode of our podcast aired a long time ago but to tip our hands if there is one episode of the twilight zone that we are super stoked to talk about (laughs) it is this one it's my favorite episode of them all you never stop talking about it i won't stop talking all we have uh, so many in jokes about like these great quotable lines from it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so, so i don't want to tip, uh, tip your hand yeah what are we Brandon? talking about today what Brandon? episode is today oh oh my god let me tell you guys let me let me tell you what we've got we've got a most unusual camera yes how come yes yes oh, it's it's got a little it's got a little button on the side it's just it's just so unusual it's very unusual so you chose us to cover this episode which i'm excited about because there's something really fun not not twilight zone in in its entirety, but there's something fun about diving into mediocrity, forgettable <laughs> mediocrity. And so when you pulled this random one out of the hat for us to cover on this episode of your podcast, we said, yes, please. <laughs> no pressure to make it good. Yep. We can sell oh, it. I, we like this episode a lot. It's a I'm, character study. I'm so, I'm so glad that my random pick of the hat worked out for you guys. Because you know, it's when you when you think about it, like some of like the classic episodes, mm-hmm. you you you're, you're almost kind of uh, forced to talk about it with a, an air of seriousness a little bit. Yeah. And and then when, when the the mediocre ones, as you say, like there's so much, it's more free flowing, and uh, it's like when being on somebody else's podcast, you don't have to, you don't care about, mm-hmm. <laughs> like you don't have to edit it. So yeah, and, and Wikipedia uh, entry is very small. <laughs> so you didn't have to memorize very many facts at all, uh-huh. which it actually was a blessing and a curse. So we actually had to watch the episode then because we couldn't just skim that entry 
or like a synopsis on IMDb, there hasn't been a lot of scholarly discussion about this episode. So hopefully we can blow mm-hmm. the lid off of it, really see what makes it tick. The most in-depth discussion of this episode ever is that covering the fact that it's season two, episode 10. Yes. <laughs> so get used to that. It's episode number 46, if you want to really get into it. Oh, look at him. Yeah. Harvard boy. <laughs> uh, very technical of you. Very technical. Uh uh, well, I, I I do have some extra extra facts for you guys oh, if you, if you want to hear them. I would love to hear some extra facts. What do we got? All it's right, called so the most there, unusual camera. <laughs> there it is. That, All right. That's the only one. <laughs> so let's pretend that when I talk over you, it's because there's a Skype delay <laughs> and not because I am rude and I'm not good at picking up like social cues. So we'll just blame it on technology <laughs> and not my, my just uh, idiocy and rudeness. So Brandon, well, take it away. Tell us your there. facts. There, there's no video here, so you can't you can't see me like scowling. <laughs> I guess you can hear me make that sound, but yeah, no it's scowl. a pretty good scowl. <laughs> uh, this episode originally aired December sixteenth of nineteen sixty. It mm. stars Gene Carson as Paula Dietrich, mm. Fred Clark as Chester, mm-hmm. not Cheetah, Mm-mm. Adam Williams as Woodward. Mm. Who this is his second episode of The Twilight Zone. Actually, he was in The Hitchhiker as the creepy, rapey Navy dude. Oh, that's right. AKA Sailor. I think yeah. <laughs> uh, generally yes, they are. They go hand in hand, uh, or or penis in hand. I don't know. It's Jesus whatever, Christ! Whatever We're trying to have a good time talking about cameras, Brandon. Well, there's cameras involved there somewhere. Okay, so Marcel Hilaire as the hilarious French waiter or hotel attendant, whichever you want. And this is his first of two episodes. He was in the new exhibit, or as we uh, call him. By- the anvil of comedic relief, <laughs> the French waiter. Uh, so wait, who was he? Who was he in the new exhibit? Um, I, I'm not. I, it's been a long time since I've watched the new exhibit. Okay. So maybe you can tell me. You you watch it probably. Yeah, Cork does three years ago. <laughs> was he in the new exhibit? Yeah, by asking, I was setting myself up uh-huh. to answer my own question. I don't know. Who I'm sure he's was. one of the spooky statues. Probably Blackbeard or whatnot. Yeah, probably. All right. Anyway, yeah, these are good uh, facts. Probably Vincent Price. Mm. It's a wax museum thing. Okay. Anyways, uh, directed by John Rich, who one of two, he directed similarly a kind of stopwatch, a most mm. unusual camera, a kind of stopwatch. He has a thing about everyday objects. Something about some spooky crap, I think was also <laughs> him. <laughs> some kind of ladder. <laughs> Look at these uh, people. <laughs> t- teleplay by Rod Serling. Ah. The, the late, the great. The scribe. Uh, Okay. All right. So, so let me let me let me throw the synopsis down. All right. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get through as quickly as I can. Not gonna try to belabor it. I'm not gonna not gonna take extra time. I took extensive notes, so we can really get into it because there's a lot to talk about. If you want to, but this is your show. You tell us how to do this. Hey, just go fast. You guys are my guests. Oh my god. If you want to tell the synopsis, by all means. I would love to hear what your your, your thoughts are. Well, if you, I don't want the listeners to think like this show has gotten hijacked by the worst kind of jackasses, <laughs> such a loud jerk. So anyway, you do your synopsis, and then we will we'll have the discussion after. Okay, because I don't want to. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, here we go. I can I can do that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Synopsis. Chester and Paula Dietrich, two small time crooks, they uh, break into an antique shop and steal a bunch of cheap, inexpensive crap. However, they also managed to pick up an old-timey-looking camera. Uh, those two people find that the camera has the ability to take take pictures, first of all. Second of all, it, it shows evil. shows things five minutes into the future. Uh, so a couple minutes later, they or a little bit later, their brother, her brother shows up. He escaped from prison or some crap like that. And they decide to use the camera in a most appropriate way through gambling and horse races to guess or uh, see which horses will win. Mm-hmm. All right. So they make a bunch of money. They make it back to the hotel. Uh, Chester and the husband, or, or sorry, Woodward and the husband, they get into a fight. They knock each other out of the window. And then this the wonderful French waiter comes in. He tries to steal all the money. He notices on the picture, hey, there, there are more than two bodies outside this hotel window. Of course, the wife is like, oh, let me look and, and trips on a lamp cord, looks like. And then he goes up to the window, this French waiter. He looks down at the 
the picture and says more than one, more than two bodies. One, two, three, four. And then he falls out the window and he dies. And what does it sound like, Cork? I forget. (laughs) (laughs) It is very abrupt. Like it seemed like this is not making any sense why they are falling through this window. We got to put a sound effect in here to sell it. Yeah, do it off camera. Just any old sound effect will do. (laughs) Someone could kick this horse in the ribs and record what comes out. That would work. Just the sound of cranberry sauce coming out of a can. Just anything. Just anything. Literally any sound will help with this this shot. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's or, what I like or, about or, your format, Brandon, if we may hijack it even further, is do you do what I wanted to do, and it was every episode of the damn Twilight Highlight Zone uh-huh. arguing about <laughs> format and structure for this thing. And you did the correct thing of explaining the quick plot early, yeah. and then we can have a freeform discussion. Because Cork wanted to go beat by beat, and yep. it was a constant nightmare. Yep. So here we go. Now we're gonna. Now that he's done the quick synopsis, I'm gonna go beat by beat and turn <laughs> this into a constant nightmare. Because I took extensive notes here, guys. So I feel like I, there has to be some kind of payoff. So, but hang on, Brandon's wa- walking us through. What's the next step here? No, oh, that that the next step is. What are your thoughts? Okay. Let's do it. Beat by beat. Beat by beat. Okay, here's the first thing. When we do the opening Twilight Zone intro, it does the transition from the star field. Here it fades into the newspaper article (laughs) where they're reading about the heist in which they both participated. Right. I very diligently did a frame-by-frame analysis of this newspaper (laughs) so that it would sound like I paid attention to this. And Uh here are some of the other headlines in this day's issue of the newspaper it's a, the one of the headlines is jury system denounced barrister declares trial by judge best method another one is mayor seeks budget boost asks counsel for extra thirty thousand dollars for playground another is uh convicts unguarded on kansas island and then just right underneath that antique shop burglarized <laughs> and she's reading it and it just seems like it almost seems like this newspaper was not carefully constructed for whatever kind of universe they're building, but it was mm-hmm. just a way for them. And then she's reading the story, and it's very—it's a very corny story, in my opinion, compared now, to the Cork other used hard to write news. for newspapers. So, what, what's corny about this? Well, I think that the way the, the layout—it just is like literally just a big rectangle in the middle of a paper. Like, <laughs> I think the prop department kind of slacked off here, is what I'm trying to say here. Uh huh. But she's reading the the. Like the account of the the heist, and he's like poo pooing the whole thing, right? And she's saying like that there's like a cataloging of all the things that have been stolen, and this uh, this Chester guy is a real jackass. Uh-huh. It's very sarcastic. Their whole marriage doesn't seem like it's super great. He's a jackass, and she sounds like. If the Leia bounty hunter in Return of the Jedi was a little bit more legible. Like understandable in English, it's just a mm-hmm. little bit of a talk like she this. She sounds like what Bugs Bunny thinks Bugs Bunny sounds like when he's dressed like a lady right. and trying to woo Elmer Fudd. Right, perfect in his it, mind's it, ear. It's like the old lady from the cigarette commercial smoking out of her throat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the catch of a lifetime. <laughs> so quite a sexy lady. We painted <laughs> a picture. So, and then they're talking about like what a big waste of time it was because all this stuff is knockoff and the crook. Chester is basically saying, ah, oh, this guy who runs the curio shop, he's crooked too. He's he's lying about the value of this stuff for insurance purposes. And then he goes on to say, this is another one of your things. You want to rob this curio shop. He says that they spent two weeks casing this place for this, <laughs> this burglary of a curio shop. And I'm just trying to construct in my mind. Maybe I, I overthought it because I was like pressure was on to talk and make this discussion about the most unusual camera interesting uh, but i was trying to think like how do you i would understand if they're like breaking into a military installation and stealing a new plane or a bank mm-hmm. but they or just a camera went, store a cam- they just went to this curio shop after it was closed jimmy'd open the door as the newspaper article says and stole a bunch of crap and he seems you, you, like an expert too you right know, he, he's a real connoisseur when it comes to crap so yeah, like, what's he's, he doing here so he's like yeah, they said they were two Ming vases. Yeah, I don't believe it. And he like drops them behind the couch. It's like, why did you bring them with you then? Were you just like grabbing everything <laughs> like as supermarket sweeps? This is. You know, you, oh, go ahead, you, Brandon. You know what? I, you know what I'd be interested in seeing that he's supposed to be an expert, right? And they've cased the joint. Maybe they should make like a spinoff movie where mm. it's just like a heist movie. 
breaking into this curio shop. I hope it would last two two weeks in real time. Because I think it's, I want to spend as much time as possible with right. Chester and uh, Paula. And I hope that the little like ding dong, ding dong soundtrack when they realize something's very unusual with this camera plays for the entire two hour span. Yes. I can right. never get enough of that. Chester is my main point of fascination with this episode because he is all over the damn place. Mm-hmm. Just quickly try to lay out where this guy flows. So he starts out being a skeptic yes. of the camera, right? Then he becomes a huge believer. Then he becomes a skeptic again, and then he becomes like this, uh, the most generous soul on earth, and then he becomes the greediest man on earth. I feel like <laughs> Sterling is trying to pack too many archetypes into this one character, unless he's just talking about the frivolity of humanity. It could be. Yeah. There's that weird moment, too, where the first time that they take the picture, and the picture, she's standing by the window, uh, Paula, and... The picture comes out to their surprise because it doesn't seem like there's a slot for the film to come in. So it's mm-hmm. like a one-way transaction, basically. And mm-hmm. he looks at the thing, and she's wearing a fur coat. And he kind of does a double take, and he he tells her, shows her the picture, and she's like, oh, that's nice. And he has to like stand her up in front of a mirror and then hold the picture next to her to be like, you notice anything different? You're not wearing a fur coat. And she's like, I've never even owned a fur coat. It's like <laughs> this is right. this is the core problem with this episode is everything takes so long and the viewer maybe it's just 2016 minds rapid mm-hmm. fire Twitter baby oh, yeah. but we're like eight steps ahead of these characters at all times and it's really exemplified by her not understanding or noticing <laughs> that it's weird that she's wearing a full fur coat and I've never owned a fur coat and then when she effing gets the fur coat. She doesn't say, oh, my God, the picture. It's she, the, the picture came true. No, she just has to put it on and be like, a fur coat. I haven't seen one of these forever. It's like, you saw 45 <laughs> seconds ago on the picture. I did like hit the the Chester. When he saw the picture, though, he, he immediately thought it was some kind of trickery. He thought, oh, these negatives have been doctored with. And it's just doing like one of those wacky things you see at a carnival where it's got your a fat lady with your hole in her face, I think he says. <laughs> and then you can do that. So I, I like that at least he was somewhat critically thinking about how such a trick would happen rather than like instantly jumping into it being magic. Although he does eventually say that, uh, this, that it could be the work of, was it? I wrote this down somewhere. Witches or wizards or black magic. Uh, Uh and then she follows up by saying, you know, where's the man that comes in, uh, with a bargain for the soul. It's basically Rod Serling winking at the camera. Stay tuned Uh to the twilight zone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're gonna uh, get a load of this crazy he, crib. <laughs> he, he's he's basically uh, acknowledging the beginning of Snapchat filters, right? Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's that's essentially what he's doing. My favorite Snapchat filter is "fat lady at a carnival." <laughs> Kooky. <laughs> it's real wild stuff. Brandon, did you like this episode? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. I, I mean, I, I have I have. It's all right, I guess. It's supposed to be a comedy, but it's not. It's never really that funny. Mm-mm. There's two uh, jokes. Right. Yeah. Of two, they're, they're two real jokes. I would count it like one is when he's on the phone, and I kind of like this joke when he's like eleven grand. No, I'm not trying to back out of it. I'm trying to decide if I should buy two. Well, he's buying a car. Right. He's buying it for eleven grand. He's going to buy a car. He's making very specifically. It's going to be yellow, black interior, wire rims, and the Continental package. Oh. He's just ordering it over the phone, Hello. and apparently some guy is going to be putting together this car. And, a day? Yeah, it's a banjo kazooie nuts and bolts situation. Wait, he wouldn't have called if he wasn't serious. It's true. And then also, um, the terrible acting at the end of the lady being begrieved and running over <laughs> to the money and then realizing, oh, I guess I can make do with this instead of those men. Yes. Uh, but I understand she's going for funny, but at least try and be a somewhat believable actress when you're supposed to be crying over the loss of your husband and brother honor among thieves yeah because as wentworth I, the brother says is it his name wentworth i wrote it i don't think woodward. woodward woodward how embarrassing other w uh <laughs> he's like his whole <laughs> as he tells it the reason he broke into jail is because he wanted to spend time with them because he thought they fought so much and if he was there they wouldn't <laughs> all that's, right that's love yeah that's this guy loving brother you know he cares about his sister you know he wants him to be happy you know can't can't fault him for that no he broke out of prison to do it so he's like barney rubble if someone like brought that into like the real world right i think i like the brother uh he has a good stupid face i'm sure i'm sure he auditioned (laughs) for like dozens of classy sophisticated roles you know trying to be uh 
I don't know who's a good fifties actor. Who's that one guy? North by Northwest uh, man. Shatner. Cary Grant. Cary Grant. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. Trying to go for the Cary Grant role, and they're like, "Man, we saw most unusual camera. We saw you <laughs> stick your dumb head into that apartment <laughs> like a Velociraptor." <laughs> uh, you know, you know, my biggest problem with this episode is obviously not any of the bad jokes or anything. It's the very, very end when the French guy is looking outside the window, and he's like, "There's one, two, three. What? Four? <laughs> why is there like? Why isn't? Why does he have to tell us?" Why doesn't he just realize there's four bodies the first time he looks at the the, the picture before he's like, wait, there's four? Uh, Most people what? can't like instantly tell if there are four objects on a plane. Like we always have to count out loud. That's <laughs> typically how it works for me, at least. I want to know how he fell how out. Do I have one, two, a one, three. <laughs> it. I wish that the window had burped every time because then at least you <laughs> would have thought. That there's some kind of devious monster that this hotel is, that it's got a hand in it as well. That'd be the worst it, Twilight Zone twist ending if it just zoomed out at the end and the house was alive the whole time. It, it like closes one of its windows and says, <laughs> hey, it ain't just the camera that's unusual here, fellas. Serling has a sophisticated uh, little uh, trailing off message. So another question I had about this one is mm-hmm. in the lore of a most unusual camera, I know it does. This is where the French guy, he kind of comes in. He's very important in the beginning because the camera has this plaque on the front that in my um, perfect French, I will do it. says like D a la proprietaire. And Mm -hmm. the French guy comes in and he's just like cleaning up plates. And he says, oh, it says uh, 10 photos per customer, 10 for customer or or owner. Mm -hmm. And that's when they, they do the calculations and realize they only have a couple camera or photos left and drama ensues. So uh, I don't know where I was going with that. You're, okay, in the lore. <laughs> oh, in the lore. Okay, okay. So it's, it's 10 for customer. I want to know what defines ownership. Exactly. Is it like if this guy had instead decided the waiter, the waiter restaurant guy, if he decided instead of – just taking the money. If you'd taken the camera also, has it now exchanged hands so he gets 10 shots or because he was there when the camera was being right. used, he falls under its aura? What constitutes a unit, like a bubble? Like Because the three of them, when they're like fighting over it, right? It's not like every time mm-hmm. it touches somebody else's hands, it resets the monkey's paw. Right. Mm. And they were very clear too. Um, Chester was very possessive about the camera and did not want to share it at all with the brother so i'm wondering could he have the brother taken it then and it would have given them and that you know a whole new restock of film because it seems like chester and paula were a package deal were they well i guess they were both taking photos weren't they yeah you know it there's this there's this fancy magical camera mm-hmm. they can at least put like a little little counter on the side you would You'd think they'd think. have at least that. It didn't even have a viewfinder, so it made it very awkward when Chester was taking pictures and you could see him trying to, the actor trying to size up where this thing was <laughs> aiming. <laughs> Particularly, he's kind of holding it. Uh, good enough. He called the button the clicker, also, which I thought was endearing. <laughs> what the. Yeah, so who gives it to the curio shop? That's a good. Is it like an estate sale? Like this guy died from a broken heart. He never used one <laughs> shot on that camera. Yeah, it was exactly. too unusual. This clicker. Yeah. And speaking of the lore, uh, I want to understand because when they bring up towards the end of the episode the concept of selling this super unusual camera. Yes. How would you go about when you have? They had two photos left when mm-hmm. they say maybe we can sell it. That was her angle, right? Yes. They can make the most money, which is a fun mind game. How can you make the most money out of the two, two pictures left? Mm-hmm. You'd have to use one of those pictures to prove it, right? right? And then you would just sell the concept of one photo? Mm-hmm. How would you do that? Uh, I don't know. And how much would you be willing you to You know, pay? you could probably get witnesses because when they were at the racetrack, they were sitting in the front row in front <laughs> of God and everybody taking pictures <laughs> of this board. And there was a huge crowd of people behind them. Certainly, everyone there saw what was going on, especially when the guy kept coming back with bushels of money after each race. <laughs> so you're saying yeah, they can that, sell it that, based that on was, that? That was my question, uh, is how much money does this horse track have to just be like, ah, these guys are just making so much money. Yeah, they're lucky. Uh, just endless, like, just, just flipping bills. They can get so many Continental cars. 
There were stacks of $500 bills. I don't know if you noticed that. Is that right? Like dri- yeah. Driven by horses. Driven oh, by horses. Horse. The horse economy. My God. I want to know everything about this camera. <laughs> I promise you don't. If I gave you a 100-page book about this camera. Actually, I think I know where to find a 100-page book about this camera. It's called... What it, <laughs> it's called... Uh, oh, here we go. The, the uh, most unusual camera. No, uh, that GD Ghostbuster, Ghostbumps book. Say cheese and die. It's the okay. exact same plot as Say Cheese and Die. You you said this in the episode that you guys actually reviewed this episode. So wait a second, just, you listened to that episode? Wanna, uh, yeah. How many yeah, things have we repeated so far? Uh, all of it. This is actually <laughs> I could actually just take your original recording and then transplant it here, and wait, it would be good. Am I in 2013 again? You have to tell <laughs> me if that's true, Brandon. Uh, yes. This is a time travel episode. That's amazing. You went back and listened to that one. That's very sweet of you. Thank you. Yeah, it didn't one, say one he liked the, one it. Of point, one of the points you guys made in that episode, I'm just gonna throw this out. There. Okay, here we go. Uh, it's, it's a throwback. Is this this connected universe, this mm. Marvel connected universe of Twilight Zone? Yeah, with them breaking back into maybe this antique shop is the same one from uh, the Genie episode. That's you, right, with the broken mirror. Oh, that's, that's right. right. We were gonna build out our entire thread of how to interconnect uh, every Twilight Zone episode. Then eventually we realized that was too hard and we just kind of lost steam on it. Best laid plans, man. Yeah, really. It would have been good. Did I bring up this point, Brandon? Because this time 2016, me wrote down a very smart note because mm. <laughs> the brother when he comes in, he's like, oh, what do we got here? A picture? And he looked at the picture and he goes, boy, science is wonderful. It's got me wearing my shirt, the whole thing. And then <laughs> later on, when uh, Mr. Man, Mr. Chester, trying to make the case of how they can be so generous to humanity with this camera, he's like, oh, we could donate it to science. And then the brother says, science who? (laughs) Like he pretends like he's never heard of the concept of science when before the commercial break, he was arguing about the scientific integrity of this picture. You did, you did not make that point. Ah, last I'm smarter now. It's an inconsistent characterization. That's right. And also, I love the commercial break stinger of the brother going, Oh, come. How <laughs> come? Just a nothing conclusion. <laughs> Music swelling. Yeah. Uh, you can't end on how come. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, you made that You made that point, too. About Damn it. How come. Okay. <laughs> well, that's fine. Oh, you said like uh, how come, actually. <laughs> like... How come? Yes. Yeah, whatever. Like, uh, uh dude, George. <laughs> Wonderful uh, characters. No one writes characters like Serling. I feel nope. like the most Serlingy moment in this episode is when the wife says, what's humanity done for us? It's the moment to really reflect, reflect on the core of humanity and what it offers criminals. And also, I mean, it's worth asking, does crime pay you guys? Yeah. I don't um, know. I liked it when Chester, his mind had been broken by the prospects of this camera, and he's up at night, Mm -hmm. and Paula Mm -hmm. says, come back to bed, and they sleep in twin beds that are separated by a nightstand. So Mm -hmm. she should have said, come back to one of your beds. (laughs) If you come to my bed, I'll have to go to yours. Come to a bed. What if they took a picture of the beds and they were merged together because it represented the future of television thanks to I Love Lucy? Oh, you know what? I didn't know this was going to get so deep, but it just did. It really did. Speaking of deep, deep cut from Rod Serling mentioning in his opening monologue, flotsam and jetsam. Mm. Yeah. Why is that a deep cut? When's the last time you've heard somebody mention that? Well, I think probably in the 60s when that was a very common thing. You don't think that was him reaching, trying to be smart? No, that was like a pretty common thing. Really? Yeah, for sure. I need to look this up. Do you guys know the definition Flotsam and jetsam. Isn't it just like, kind of like debris? Yeah, it's like debris. Yeah. Really? Where does it come from? What kind of it's words like, are it's those? It's like uh, it's like bread and butter. You know, it's just it's just a saying yeah. that people say. Useless or discarded objects is the definition. I'll be damned. All right, you guys, I stand corrected. There you go. Right. Smart stuff. You can edit that part out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going back to the the bed thing, there is a. Like they go back and forth, Chester and and uh, the wife, where they're like, one of them is not believing this cam that this camera can do something, mm-hmm, and yeah. then the other person's like, no, that's uh, you, you know you can't do it. Or what am I talking about? Uh, no, it's a, it's a seesaw. Always, they're always disagreeing with each other. Yeah. yeah, and then like one other person comes like, no, don't be so stupid, and yeah. then then they'll change their mind. 
And then Paula is very helpful. She's kind of like the audience proxy when they're discussing the plan here. You know, we're going to take a picture of the winning board before the race. And then Paula says, and then we'll look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There you go. That's, that is a, an important part of this plan <laughs> that we look at the photograph. Uh, then we use the money. See? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's some more trivia for you. Yeah. Uh, they're in room 412. Mm. In case you're wondering. Oh. We don't need to even discuss what that means. Yeah, I think it's a pretty consistent thread that Twiheads are really going to pick up on. Because if you rearrange those letters, um, you get to episode 124, which <sighs> is a kind of stopwatch, which is from the same director. Very oh, interesting. Oh, my God. He knew it was going to happen. He took a picture. Line. It's there. It's there all along. As- We're coming back to this Marvel connected universe. I'm writing this down. <laughs> yeah. That's at least something, right? Now, I don't know if you guys played, and I probably brought this over on our earlier podcast too, but a most unusual camera is one of the things like the modes in uh, the Twilight Zone pinball game. Is that the, when you're playing and that popped up in the game? Is that when you realize that pinball is kind of boring and overrated? Uh, yeah. I punched my fist through the glass and took uh-huh. that white ball and ran like the dickens. <laughs> Said, See you later. A, a most unusual player. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, pinball is kind of boring, uh, which is why uh, the in Final Fantasy 15, that little pinball game in there is is kind of boring. I haven't tried it, but I played the standalone iPhone version and it was no good. <laughs> nope. But you get some good gear out of it, so I yeah. force my hand. Real quick, Anyways, pinball sucks. <laughs> Remember that time that Chester and the brother were circling around each other, <laughs> and he had a knife, and uh-huh. both of them fell out of the window at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And was, uh, Bad was playing in the background. It was really awkward. Exactly. Well, we don't know what kind of gravitational pull there was for that window. Maybe this was like a space station hotel. You never really see outside. Ignore the racetrack. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe. That's why they're all getting sucked out that window. <laughs> this is a very st- severe draft. Hang on, did they did they shatter the window? They no, just... the window was open. And what kind of Twilight Zone baloney is that? Not even a window shatter? No. Oh, you need that. No, I'm curious. I would like to know if the actors gave up any resistance at all when they were reading this, and they're like blocking that scene out. Like, so let me get this straight. <laughs> we're both gonna wrestle. We're gonna both fall out of window. Like to do that accidentally. We're, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. We have to like do a little hop. Well, when's the last time you accidentally <laughs> fell out a window? Accidentally? <laughs> oh yeah, boy, that, it's been a that's while. That's a difference. Well, do you guys do you guys ever have that daydream though? I don't mm. know if it's a daydream, but just the worry of like, well, I'm safe, but I'm in a situation where I know that if I trip over my shoelace right now, I can technically fall over that edge and die. Do you guys worry about this stuff? Mm-mm. I worry about it every time I walk on the sidewalk and a bus is going by where I think if I trip on the sidewalk right now and my body falls this way, that bus is going to de- decapitate me. Every bus I, that goes by me. I, I have kind of the opposite thought where I get to the edge and the I bus say, is gonna add what would edge? happen if I jumped in in the front? Oh, well, you know. <laughs> and, and that's... what would happen to my family after I'm gone? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we like to keep it pretty upbeat on the Twilight Highlight Zone. I don't know how you run your podcast over here, but, you know. Optimistic so, take. So accidental is fine. Right. Uh, suicidal is not okay. Yeah. Stop it, Willoughby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, so speaking of a stop it, Willoughby, let's stop this, Willoughby, and talk about your podcast. Because you mentioned expanding into the other Twilight Zone podcast. Have you have other have you had other Twilight Zone podcast hosts as guests on your show? I I have, yes. What's that? Yes, sir? Like? Uh it's it's interesting. What so I did the first season of the show and I was just doing it on my own as with friends that I could get on to, to be guests. And every once in a while, I got somebody like from Twitter who runs uh, Night Gallery on, on Twitter. And uh, so I was just checking out iTunes and seeing all these other Twilight Zone podcasts. And there was part of me that was like a little bit competitive with it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not a competitive person, and I don't like feeling that way necessarily. So You had the fever in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, and so to get, to get around that, I thought instead of like trying to compete with everybody, we're, we're all trying to bring uh, attention to the show and, mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, appreciate it instead of competing. Why don't I bring them all on and, and talk about it in different ways? Um, and so I've had, uh, Tom Elliott, he runs uh, the Twilight Zone podcast. 
Um, I've had what's this Matt called? Hurt. What's what's that? What's his called? Called it? It's called the the Twilight Zone podcast. Oh, come on, Tom. <laughs> Tom Elliott. <laughs> uh, I've had Matt Hurt. He runs a a podcast called Anthology, and right now he's working through all the Twilight Zones. Huh. Um, Wait, does he do different he, things then? Uh, eventually, yeah, he does. He he reviews and looks at the Twilight Zone episode, but he also does like bonus episodes talking about like Black Mirror. Um, some like Tales of Tomorrow and other sci-fi movies. Hmm. Um, and then there's there's one that there's a show that just came out. Uh, this guy Jeremy or Ron Leckler and Jeremy Schmidt. I don't know. I, don't, I should probably cut that out. But anyways, they uh, they just came out with a show, and I'm having them on separately. And uh, yeah, now now I have you guys. Oh, so. nice. Which ones were the dickheads towards us? <laughs> uh, I. If they were dickheads to you, then they probably haven't been on the show. No, I don't, I don't know. I remember vaguely <laughs> some other podcast kept like calling us out or something. I don't remember what it was. I just remember they were trying to start some like fake fun Twitter war or something. It was like, ah, Dan nah. likes to make drama. That's <laughs> something you got to know about. Yeah, I'm just stirring the pot, <laughs> Twilight Zone fans. Well, that's cool. It's amazing there are so many Twilight Zone podcasts. Uh, yeah. I, I'm glad I didn't search ahead of time because... I wonder if it would have stopped me if I would have looked and seen that there are other ones out there and be like, ah, we're mm-hmm. covering the same ground. Well, you know, I, I think when you guys started up, because you started in what, in like 2013 or know. 2012 I'll, maybe? I'll look it up, but continue talking. Yeah, uh, you guys, I, I don't think there were that many yeah. when you guys started up. And so just, I mean, Tom Elliott, he started his, uh, the guys from the Twilight Pwn, which might be the ones you're talking about. <laughs> they. So. They were, they just finished up the entire uh, series right now, like maybe a couple months back. So, gotcha. uh, so when you guys started up, there were there wasn't much of a uh, terrain for it. Um, nowadays, we're all kind of competing, yeah, or or trying to build off of each other. But it was a uh, um, April eighth, twenty thirteen. Turns out is our first episode uh, that we aired and whatnot. So that's why Cork and I moved into covering the band AFI, which was fertile ground in the podcast arena i'm proud to say we have the most thorough podcast dedicated to afi's <laughs> discography that exists i don't think you guys can get any more niche than that i think that's i think that's it is it a challenge brandon for our next <laughs> podcast because i think we can top it i think i think it might be oh god who knows <laughs> um how long so you guys started with uh the twilight highlight zone how did how did that come about I think we were talking and like both of us had seen a bunch of episodes of the show, but I think we were being selfish and we're like, it'd be great to have actually watched all of it. And just to, to say, you know, I've seen every episode of the twilight zone. And then it was nice to have a structure in place to actually have an excuse to do that rather than just kind of say you were going to do it. And then it would just peter off. And I hate the idea of going through an entire show and just forgetting about it, mm-hmm. it's it's really annoying to me. We're like, you know, marathon, all this stuff, just going on a crazy binge. And then a year later, somebody will ask you about it. Or three years later, they'll ask you about it on a podcast. And you'll just be like, yeah, I kind of vaguely remember this. I don't know. So I love the idea of taking super crazy thorough notes on every episode and like reviewing every episode of something. And it just seemed like Twilight Zone made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so then I just coerced cork to stay late on some days which is a real hassle because he wants to go home and pretend that i don't exist uh and uh yeah then we we just eventually worked all the way through it and i think it was a good time yeah it was super fun and it's it's something that i'm I'm very i'm glad that i have because it's something cool about being able to say like i've seen every episode i of that show and then i would love it if you could watch the new ones they were more readily available i'm sure that if I spent any length of time on YouTube, I could probably track down somewhere that had them all. But I still don't want to watch the new ones. I don't want to really? watch. I've seen one of the 80s ones, but I don't want to watch any of the new ones from the I, 80s or 1000s because I don't want to okay. muck it up in my mind about which was which. I like just okay. having this one pure block in my mind, as hazy as it is at this point, mm-hmm. of like I've seen all of Twilight Zone, nothing else. Okay. So I've watched a couple of the 80s ones, and but they're 80s and the, the new 2000 one. Uh, but... Like I watched the sequel to It's a Good Life, mm. the, the 2000 yeah. version. And then in the 80s, they remade um, uh, The After Hours, which is the, the mannequin one. Right. Ooh, okay. Um, and so those those are the only ones I really watched and, and really just to kind of uh, enhance my 
appreciation of the the original. Yeah. Um, well, I know we talked about doing like an episode, a bonus episode of our podcast dedicated to the remakes, mm-hmm. uh, which or just one dedicated on Good Life entirely, which I still want to do. Also, we talked about doing like an episode that just covered all the Simpsons parodies, which I still really want to do. <laughs> Someday we'll get back to that, Quark. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for tomorrow. sure, Good he tomorrow. says. Yeah. It's not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> more, more niche. Uh-huh. Uh, a, a podcast entirely dedicated to just the Simpsons Twilight or uh, the Simpsons yep. Treehouse Overs. I like it. Let's fill that That's internet up. <laughs> we just about topped her off. Hey, Westworld is r- right at its peak. Oh my God. Time so to good. talk about the Simpsons from Pitchy 1992. And land. Yep, let's do it. <laughs> Where nothing can possibly go wrong. <laughs> um, so I want to ask you guys real quick. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, looking back, um, is there are, are there any episodes that you can go back to if you think about that are better or worse than you remembered them being? Or, you know, like maybe that wasn't as bad as I made it out to be. Are there any like that? Better or worse? It It's easy to say that when the sky was opened is always going to be better and better in retrospect. I mm-hmm. haven't gone back to watch it. Um, worse, you know, I, it was striking watching this episode again. And I don't, I forget how specific it was to this episode, but again, just how slow it was. <laughs> And just realizing like, God, it's taking forever. We know where you're going with this. And so I don't know if he just got used to that rhythm going through it, but maybe they're all slower than I remember. I think that that's the case. I think that the Twilight Zone, with few exceptions, cannot do comedy. And every time they try to do like some screwball stuff or a little zaniness, it almost always is a an embarrassment. It is a failure. And that could just be because comedy doesn't age well in particular just comedic sensibilities change very quickly and audiences what we expect from comedy is much different from then so like what they would have considered really hilarious wordplay we're just like clawing our eyes out it's like get on (laughs) with it please and just they're super broad characterizations which we think hey i got a funny voice that's enough uh and i feel like rod serling wrote at least when i think of like the comedic episodes in mm -hmm. twilight zone i think that rod serling wrote it's just Maybe people did not say no when he said, let's do comedy. This show can be great comedically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and then you end up with that Buster Keaton episode where it's like, Ugh. I think that the yeah. Twilight Zone could do like sweetness and it could mm-hmm. do like, it could handle things with like a light touch. But when it tries to be like, we're going to make you laugh. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> Unintentionally, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's just in general, like that doesn't age very well. I think A Good Life is an episode that I've, I don't know how many times I've seen it now. I've gone back to it since we talked about it even really it, it still holds up remarkably well i think it's great awesome awesome um yeah i the the comedy the comedy aspect of of the twilight zone everything rod sterling wrote like i feel like there was maybe an executive or somebody like standing behind him saying like just making the the cut the throat motion like don't do it yeah don't let's not do this yes let let rod uh, be rod you guys come on yeah but it's weird <laughs> because, too because like left to his own devices i think that he in my interpretation of this just as a viewer it, it seems like he really likes to do kind of what we consider now like a heavy-handed morality play like mm-hmm. what was the one the purple testament the purple testament. testament just seems like a really surlingy episode just off the top of my head where it's like we're we're telling you a story this is a thinly veiled you know parable basically it seems like he was super into that so it, like the comedic stuff just it seems like it's like another part of his brain that maybe wasn't exercised as much right the the reptilian part of his brain apparently <laughs> people <laughs> like joke <laughs> uh, uh the last thing you guys did I say the last thing you did a really quick one where you're saying uh, you're jumping death ship. Uh, but before that, you, you reviewed the Twilight Zone uh, Twilight Zone movie. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't listen to that episode. I'm, I'm sorry. What, what did you guys think of about that? Right. Like them remaking, pulling some of that Vic Morrow dying stuff. That's a, so it's such a weird thing. Yeah. It like the. <laughs> The frame narrative about Albert Brooks being in that car uh, <laughs> is just surreal. It, it's such a relic from the 
80s. It's interesting to look at, but I can't say I enjoyed watching it, Brandon. <laughs> this is my vague memory. Like the Spielberg stuff is interesting. Just to, hey, here's some more sappy, nostalgic Spielberg, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting just as a huge fan of Spielberg. But outside of that, oh. I like the the Nightmare 20,000 Feet. I think it's probably the strongest of the like vignettes in the movie. Mm. Even that is really weird. It mostly is, is just remarkable for how much John Lithgow sweats while you're watching that. <laughs> I don't know. Speaking if... of Albert Brooks from Broadcast News, what we did also late in the run is this episode that I actually went back and listened to maybe even like twice because I'm a maniac narcissist apparently. <laughs> but I, I really like it because it's right after we finished the last episode we recorded one before we recorded our big awards shows like announcing the best and worst just throughout the entire series and all that stuff we ran down every episode title to see if we could remember it and this wasn't three years in the past this is right in peak twilight zone run down all what 156 Mm -hmm. and whenever i need a crash course in every episode of twilight zone i can go back and listen to that episode of the podcast because it's just like oh that's right that one that one that one and there's so many that we forgot about because there's a lot of forgettable just wild west ones oh passage for trumpet you know that (laughs) one passage for trumpet (laughs) you know uh huh. Who can forget? In praise of Pip. Yeah, Night of the Meek. <laughs> yeah, Art Carney. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh, all right. Well, hey, you guys, uh, I want to say thank you for being on the show uh, and 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 taking time out to help out with with the episode, trying to make make our way through a most unusual camera. Uh, you guys, you guys do your your own thing on your on the side. I won't I won't bring it up because I was a. Uh, I didn't want to bring up any of that, the GI stuff, right? But uh, uh, Yeah, please keep it just an acronym. Yeah, we work for a video game magazine. Uh, so <laughs> you can hear us on another podcast called The Game Informer Show that I host and Jeff Cork is on every once in a while. We try and rekindle the the bond we have, but normally it's just talking about frame rates and video games and fun stuff like that. Yeah, it's nerd crap. <laughs> not like cool guy Twilight Zone yeah, AFI stuff. Yeah, like <laughs> most unusual camera. <laughs> uh, uh, awesome. How do, how do people get a hold of you guys there for for the game Informer show uh a fire inside out and uh more how, how they get a hold of you guys uh i try and talk to everybody on twitter cork tries to ignore everybody but i'm at <laughs> yozetti on twitter which is y-o-z-e-t-t-y and i am at gi jeff all one block of letters one block of forgettable oh yes that's me uh, i'm a really uh low impact follow <laughs> i promise i won't bombard you with any updates uh-huh <laughs> Uh, excellent, excellent. Well, again, thank you guys so much for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. Any what's anytime. Your, what's the next episode? Just so we can see what we missed. What's the next one? <laughs> the next episode after this mm-hmm. is Night of the Meek. Oh, my Night God. of the Meek. Oh, thank God. Are you gonna hold on to that for Christmas? Uh, so oh, yes, oh, oh. I'm I'm releasing that one on Christmas Day. Yeah, and I'm having my wife come on the show because since I'm taking time out of family i should at least have her on the, the episode that's so sweet it really and is. we'll be drunk so don't worry. oh eggnog that sounds wonderful <laughs> no she well, uh, she likes eggnog right, as good. long as it has lots of brandy perfect fine girl um okay cool well thank thank you gents <laughs> yeah yeah thank you thank you all right now for a little stinger on the end all right <laughs> 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 Hey, Cork, it was fun to talk about Twilight Zone again. It was so much fun talking to Twilight Zone about you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know how many more bonus episodes of Twilight Zone will do. We should point out, if you're still subscribing to this feed and not subscribe to the other one, you should check out A Fire Inside Out, which is our deep dive into the band AFI. Even if you don't like AFI, I think it's fun and just educational, and it's fun to talk about the evolution of a band musically. Yeah. I... I... Did not know anything about the band. That's kind of the whole premise. So I think it's a fun listen. Thank you. And new album's coming out soon from them. But um, do you want to do a podcast after that? Yes. What do you want to do it on? I thought we were, it was going to be a secret. I think it is too. What if, but I, I had a new one. Okay. That I have in mind mm-hmm. that I haven't told you about yet. But what if we did something mm-hmm. that never ends? Something that never ends? Yeah. What do you think about that idea? Is this a kiss cast? Welcome to kiss cast. Where we kiss people and talk about it? Yeah. You just want to kiss me, don't you? you no, come here. What do you think? Do you like having a finite ending on this? No, I like having something that never ends. Okay. 
This isn't The Walking Dead because Robert Kirkman says that about the comic, <laughs> and I don't want to do that. No, no, no. We'll get into it at some point in the future, probably after AFI's new album, if you jump over to the Fire Inside Out feed and whatnot. Uh-huh. But we'll talk about that in the future. That's I have a good tough. idea, too, for a podcast, so I'll share that with you off the air. Maybe, so, I wonder is, if we're ever going to become McCartney and Lennon, you know, mm-hmm. just part ways. I think one of us gets shot. Yeah. Time will tell. Who knows? Thank well, you maybe so much. if I had a most unusual camera. It would tell me what I was going to do. Take a picture of your chest. Now, just looking sadder. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode of Twilight Highlight Zone. Until next <laughs> time. This rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it, baby? Twilight Highlight Zone. Twilight Highlight Highlight. Twilight Highlight Highlight. 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 That's right. That's what I said. Okay, Twilight Highlight Highlight. It's it's been it's been a minute, and I promise not to throw any uh, too many curveballs out there. Because hey, man, like I recorded an episode just yesterday, and I already mm. forgot what I talked about. So right. I can't expect you guys to because we're not exactly the mighty Casey's. <laughs> Casey, <laughs> Cork, did you just write down a bunch of no episode names? No. Okay. Um. <laughs> Show me your notepad. What's that? Is it that just says Mighty Casey? It just says Mighty Casey. It's spelled wrong too, but. I know how to do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, can you guys? Yeah. Just please, just do the whole episode just in show titles. Eb- that would be really fun. Um, I mean, her static. <laughs> uh, her. Guys, I, I, all I've got is dust. <laughs> You're thinking of two? Two. <laughs> really good at this. All right. Perfect. <laughs> All right, awesome. Uh, well, I don't want to hold you guys back from doing anything at, on a nice six forty evening. It's my favorite evening. Let's do it. Uh, hey, we're here to see, we're here for you. I mean, it just comes down to what you need, Brandon. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, you're a living doll. One for the angels. Yeah. <laughs> you're, now you just have it. You're making me the the howling man. Sure, <laughs> howling comma. <man. laughs> We're here to serve, man. We're the invaders. I actually, I think this is it. This is all I needed. Okay, good, good. Uh, well, now we're just two characters in search of an exit. Where's the hang-up button? <laughs> it's a long-distance call. Four o'clock, more like six fifty-four p.m. Oh my god, this is—it's twenty-two after. So. <laughs> yeah, we're no dummy. Ah. <laughs> Passage. <laughs> it. All right, and mute. <laughs> you guys, I feel like you guys have, have planned this out like all week. Like, all right, let's just like I don't have a list of episodes in front of me, so you guys, I, I got to tell you, I'm impressed. Well, I mean, this is your show. They just take it away, man. You drive just whenever you want. No, no, I'm, I'm I mean it. I'm, I'm impressed because I'm like, I, I can't keep up with the jokes. And usually I, I can, so hey, more, more power to you. <laughs> we don't want to steal your thunder here, Brandon. So. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs>